Welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the 25th episode of the Hellraiser Podcast. Hello, I'm Peter and this is Phil. Hello. And this episode is coming to you on the 25th anniversary of the release of the first film. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It came out on the 11th of September 1987 in the UK. And that's when this podcast is going up, so you probably won't listen to it on that day. But on that day, we are actually having a little trip up to the house in Dollars Hill where it was filmed. Yeah. So as you're listening to this, we're travelling up there, watching this again then. (laughs) It's really confusing. (laughs) This is very confusing. What we're going to do today is something a little special. We're going to do a commentary on the first movie. So we're going to sit and watch the film and talk through it and probably get a bit silly. We've got a couple of drinks. Yeah, we're just going to be having a bit of fun, so we're not going to be delivering major searing insights. Um, <laughs> no. We're just going to be enjoying and celebrating Hellraiser exactly. by watching the movie. 25 years. So if you guys want to watch the movie and listen to us talking about it, then you can uh, play this commentary at the same time. Well, yeah, I probably would recommend doing that. That's, That's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, it? absolutely. <laughs> so we are watching it on the Blu-ray which um, is the exact same timings as the DVD, so you can totally watch, listen to this commentary along with the DVD. But Phil's, you've not seen the Blu-ray before, have you? I haven't, no. So I've you seen might some... spend most of the time going, oh, look at that. Yeah, Ooh. I've seen some bits of it, but um, I'm probably going to be distracted by the shiny visuals. <laughs> so we're going to count down from three, and then on zero, we're going to press play on the menu. So that's when you press play on your menus, and we'll watch it with you. When you say zero. When I say, I'll say three, two, one, play. When I say oh, yeah. the word play, That's it. then you press play. You've got to be specific, Peter. I am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready to watch the film with us? Okay, ready? Three, two, one, play. And there it goes. Here we are. Kicks off with the New World Pictures logo. New World Pictures are an American company. Yeah. Because apparently they tried to get some funding for the film in the UK first, but no one would really go for it. So I took it to the, the States, and New World said, yes, we'll make your film have just under a million pounds. Whoa. But we'll change some accents. <laughs> but more of that later. More on that later. So here we go. And then the, the beautiful film Christopher Young yeah. score begins. This film honestly would, wouldn't be half as good without Christopher Young's music. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. Look at that. It's so simple, the title. Just Hellraiser yeah, there. straight away. White lettering. Andrew Robinson. We'll talk more about all these people when they're on screen. The lovely Claire Higgins. Yeah. And Sean Chapman. Robert Hines, who plays the boyfriend, Steve. Oh. How can we get in the credits? Oh, and the lovely, lovely and Ashley introducing Lawrence. Ashley Lawrence. Yeah, they are. You can introduce... Bob Keane as Mustard. <laughs> You've you've met Bob Keane, haven't you? Uh, very briefly, yeah. Worked with him briefly on something. Yeah, he's a very nice fellow. Robin Vigian, who did a lot of film. I think didn't he film some of Raiders of Lost Ark? I think he's done loads he's of done stuff. Loads of stuff. I really loved um, in an interview with um, Clive Barker where he said that Robin Vigian really likes shooting women, not as in murdering them. Yeah, but he as says in it in the commentary. Them. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> just like oh, he loves he loves, loves filming women. women. <laughs> And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. He spent ages setting up shots, so they they looked so beautiful. <laughs> well, you can see that in this. Christopher Figg, who um, was the producer, that's it says there, produced by Christopher Figg. 
And he's the guy who basically got the money together to make the film. Clive Barker and him were talking about making a horror film, and he was instrumental in getting the money. And here we are. And here we are in wherever this is. So we've got here the box. It's your pleasure, Mr. Cotton. (laughs) There's a little demon on the wall. I love his nails in this scene. This is like, is he supposed to be absinthe or something like that? I guess so, yeah. Well, it's green and he's putting sugar in, so I'd assume so. Look at his nails. Well, if you had that much absinthe, then you'd be very good at bartering, would you? And he's got a real, look at his, you know, his look there, Frank. And this set, apparently, Clive Barker said if you were to pan to left or right, even slightly, you'd see like an empty wall. It was a really, really tiny set. His um, combat trousers, his vest yeah. and his knife <laughs> on his belt. Yeah. And here he is in the circle of candles, yeah. which has become Sean the iconic Chapman. image. Sean Chapman who had a very brief moment in uh, in Underworld, a.k.a. Transmutations, which we mentioned. Don't mention that. Sorry. <laughs> and here he is. And here he is. Now, you see, the way that he's doing this in this film... It makes you realize. It makes you think that maybe he could have spent a long time trying to solve the box because mm. they cut it's to not, him in the midst like, of it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of these moments where they find it, pick it up, and it, it and suddenly opens. opens. There's really simple lighting with you know some smoke in the foreground and then lighting coming through the slats, but it's really well done. It is good. Apologize if I'm from, if you can hear me slurping. I'm just oh, yeah, drinking, we are having some drinks. drinking booze at this point. That's fine. Which and you should be as well joining us. <laughs> well, not if you're underage, Peter. That'd oh be, yeah, sorry. That'd be weird. Drink responsibly, people. <laughs> uh, look at that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, we need to describe what's happening. <laughs> Rather than just going, look at that. Look. Oh at no. That. No, because they'll be watching it as well. Well, hopefully. Are you all looking at this? Good. So the puzzle box was. Clive Barker said that his grandfather was a ship's cook. And he travelled all around the world and he used to bring him back little presents and he used to bring him back puzzle boxes from the Far East. And he, uh, he couldn't ever open any of them. And when he was trying to think of a way to evoke hell, summon hell, he thought that would be an interesting way of doing it. He thought, right. He did. That was great. I just loved, um, obviously, the hooks going into the flesh there. I mm. think probably one of the bits that's special effects-wise is dated ever so slightly. The skin yeah. looks you a see little the penises bit... penises on the pillar of soul. <laughs> yeah. Which was pointed out to me recently on the Hellbound Web Forum. And as soon as I heard about it, I went back and watched and went, oh yeah, there's massive this is, cocks hanging off it. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is right at the beginning of the film. The female Cenobite with her kind of growling and there's yeah. just the flesh hanging. This is, for me, a terrifying scene. Well, it is. And when I imagine I w- in 87, people oh, had any when, idea what this is. When I watched this, this when I was little... It was this in the background. Yeah, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> this really, really frightened me. Yeah. And I now have a lingering fear of kind of dark rooms with bare, covered in blood, naked bulbs, <laughs> and you know flesh everywhere. <laughs> Here he is. So this is supposed to be Frank, I think. Yeah. Even though surely he should have a bit more stubble. Hey, it's fine. Also, this is made of wax. These pieces, and the plan was they were going to put it together and then heat it up, and it was going to oh, melt. Right, and yeah. they tried it; it didn't really work properly. It looks cool doing that. And here's Pinhead hissing. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I just I just love it. It's just so good. And there's that lovely playfulness mm. to Pinhead kind of putting the pieces together oh, of yeah, Frank's absolutely. face. And that's it. It's all, gone. it's all gone. And you just got that room. That room that would is... frighten me. If I went into a room like yeah. that now, I will say that, that would, I'd be a bit scared. So this is the house in Dollars Hill. Most of it was filmed in this one house, which we should be travelling to at this very moment. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop doing this time travel. No, by the time you listen to this, we will have gone 
And our next podcast will be a little bit about that as well. I think um, everybody did amazingly in this film to to film in the house. Yeah. You know, I mean, the logistical challenges of kind of filming in a, an actual house. He says it was really restrictive in terms of what shots they could get. Yeah. That's why there's a lot of static shots or things from above or below. But you don't, I don't think you really feel that when you watch it. You don't feel it looks restricted. No. No. And here they are. Here they are. Andrew Robinson, who was famous at the time for being the Scorpio killer in Dirty Harry. Mm. And Uh, he's amazing in that. He's amazing in this. He's done some other things. I've never seen any of the Star Trek stuff he's done, but apparently he's very good in it. He was very good in it, and he was a very long-running character. He was under heavy prosthetics. Which one was that? Was it Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Space Nine. Nine. Was it? And he's also in Child's Play 3. (laughs) In the the military boot camp, he's the, the barber. He says, Presto, you're bald. <laughs> and then he gets killed by Chucky, who then, of course, says, Presto, you're dead. <laughs> nice. I love this, uh, this imagery. The religious. The religious stuff. stuff I love it. There was nice. a shot earlier where it was like um, the light coming through the window behind, uh, behind Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. It was great. I love this. He looks in the birdcage and he's like, oh, dead oh, bird. Yeah. Stinks. Oh, horrible. And, um, and obviously... she's totally not into this house. Why would she be, though? <laughs> I mean, this is this is already a very interesting and subtle relationship because he's oh, yeah. all excited, like a little boy, and she's just kind and of this, like, oh. this bit, look, that's a dig about Brooklyn. He's like, oh god, here we go. But this and is one of the like, yes, this is one of the lines that for me makes it in England because back on your own turf. you were back on your it, own turf. Well, we know it is. It's clearly was supposed to be in England. It, it was, was supposed to be. I took you away to Brooklyn. We lived there, and then you were a little bitch about it. You didn't it, like so. it, and then we came back. <laughs> so we came back, and that makes sense. And I can even we'll get to this a bit later on. I can even accept the other family that come to for the dinner party to be American because they might be friends from mm-hmm. the states, but mm-hmm. not the other people. There you go. She's not, Jesus again. No, she doesn't like him. She looks at Jesus <laughs> and goes, "Whoa!" Doesn't like Jesus. She's mean. Remember that for later on, folks. She's amazing in this film, though, yeah, you have to say. But Clive Barker said he doesn't like that. Well, he didn't like that first scene when they were filming it because he thought it was too exposition-heavy and he thought, what am I doing? I've ruined this. But I think the way they the way they do the exposition and what they're saying is... There's loads of character stuff, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, no, so, I agree. Oh, oh, maggots. Maggots, always nice. good. With the sound. Really strong sounds. Whenever I watch this film with anybody, you know, they, they as soon as they see that scene, they're like, oh, God, oh. And here we go, she's very upset. <laughs> And then all of a sudden she's... Okay. She's upset because she's seen a bed. Larry, there's a bed <laughs> in here. On the floor. But she thinks it's squatter? squatters. Squatters, yeah. But then, what's this? There's some kind of sexual object. <laughs> it's <laughs> Frank. <laughs> this is Frank. <laughs> yeah. This is great, you know, just doing a couple of lines. This is good. What the hell's that? <laughs> That thing what the hell like is that? Phone. It's a phone. Um, you, you get, just in those couple of lines, yeah. a whole history of Frank. Yeah. He's made one of his famous getaways. You know, he's never been known to kick cash out of bed. He's, he's this complete ne'er-do-well. But really, you haven't had anything else about him. But you no. already are now going, okay, he's really bad news. And, yeah. And Julia was completely, you know, disturbed by that room. And then as soon as she found that it was Frank, she just... Is happy with it, puts her purse down on the bed. And it's Kirsty in her, her room. Which is just basically a real close up of her with a white wall yeah. in the background. Because this was a very low budget film and it really yeah. doesn't look it. 
you look at you can see the, the um yeah, excuse me the the robin vision kind of slightly yeah. soft focus on the the ladies absolutely making them photographs look extra of, um, lovely sean chapman with a prostitute yeah an actual real prostitute they got for that oh, is it a real prostitute shoot? <laughs> really yeah oh crumbs making some noise here i'm preparing a rum and coke please excuse me well uh, you know any brand cola or any yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, there he is with this lady oh crumbs have some fun filming there and there he is I love it so now we I know we know who Frank is he's the brother we know that's the guy from the beginning so it's really it's really cleverly done it's really subtly done it is it's not you know Clive Barker's going oh it's too expositional but in most you films these it. days but in most films these days it would be so heavy handed in yeah. comparison with this this yeah. is very subtle I think sometimes people, when they watch this film, don't realise how much information they're getting about the characters, just no, exactly. with hardly anything. And now, now she's found out Frank's been there recently. She's going to stay. Why, Why not? not? <laughs> Great. Isn't it funny how men's fashion from the 80s hasn't changed that much in certain aspects, but a lot of the women... Yeah, well, I think it's you because can really tell. By and large, men don't have fashion; <laughs> they just put clothes on. <laughs> I see. Apart from Steve's shirt later on. Oh, Steve's shirt. But if ever you've to got go. any, anyone like Larry is wearing a shirt and tie. Ah, so the removal men now. So they, they're moving it on Sunday. More sort of semi-religious stuff going on there. And this guy with the eyebrows. The, uh... They've all got eyebrows. No, not like him. Look at him. <laughs> Look at Look them. Look at that caterpillars on his on his eyes. So he's Oliver Parker. That's Oliver Parker. Who was a friend of Clive Barker's and is now a filmmaker. He's a very successful a filmmaker, fellow isn't he? Lawrence Fishburne and um, Importance of Being Earnest, I think. I mean, there's the story that everybody, I think, knows about, about um, Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley and yeah. Oliver Parker sort of saying, Do you want to be the removal man or do you want to yeah, be Pinhead? And they're like, Oh, I don't want to really want to be Pinhead because then no one will see my face. Yeah. Well, that was a hell of a decision, wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> And this bit, apparently, they, they filmed this as an extra little scene. They thought it needed to open up the picture of it all because oh, it's a little man. bit too claustrophobic. This adds so much production value to it. it just, Doesn't it? It, just really, it does really open so they up gave So they film. gave him an extra, you know, a few, few thousand pounds. <laughs> well, yeah. And they they gave him ten pounds for the bus. <laughs> so he yeah. put his camera on there and went off. <laughs> and they go back to the house again. And it's not a it's not a huge house, is it? By any means, I mean no. the I fact mean, that they it's got fairly a whole... big. I mean, it's yeah. turning to flats now, I think, or apartments. You've got a few different places there. Or it's not, it's not a else. mansion. No, it's not I a mean, mansion. Fitting though. a film crew in with those staircases no. and all that. I think that. in the, one of the commentaries, he said there was only one toilet as well, so they got to know each other really well. <laughs> nice. I like how Kirsty sort of sees all the religious stuff yeah. that they put on the garden, and just is like, "What's all this crazy stuff?" <laughs> And then and she gets yeah, so here on. we have the beginning of the country of the imagination because the removal man is American, which is odd. So this is the question again. You know. The other removal man, who's not Oliver Parker, like couldn't look He's... more like the stereotypical British no, man. No, I suppose not. <clears throat> Although you could imagine him go, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's get this bed moved. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> My hilarious New York accent. 
anyway, <laughs> moving along swiftly from oh, that. Oh, no. Although, this oh, is... No. We saw this film on the big screen fairly recently, and this line, Her Mother's Dead, and the big guy giggling, that got a big laugh. In big this laugh, movie. yeah. Yeah, we haven't said this yet on the on the podcast. We actually have seen this film on a big screen. We saw it fairly recently. Mm. Um, a smallish cinema was playing it, so we went along. And it you see so much more on the big screen oh, when you're watching it with an audience. It was really it's such a hugely different experience. Yeah. And there were people there that hadn't ever seen it before. And they were, they were getting, there was getting loads of laughs and jumps as well. Oh, the jump scares work. Yeah. Really well. Look at this. This is like, this looks like kind of, Soft, soft focus porn time, doesn't it? She's all kind of like, no, oh, okay. But it's a lot of the flashbacks. She's very sort of, you know, softly lit and yeah. And a lot of the the later stuff, she's really harshly lit. Mm. No, absolutely, it works really well. No, it's but I love choice. this. This whole sequence is amazing when she's in upstairs thinking about the past, and you've got this, and then you've got Larry bringing the bed in and. This is the whole, and the music for this section is wonderful as well. This whole section of music. He's One of my really, favorite tracks on the CD. Yeah. He's really great actually. Yeah. Um Sean Chapman. Yeah, Sean Chapman. He's really he really plays that kind of thing of of some guy who's like really sexy and powerful and kind of mysterious, mm. which is quite difficult I think, you know, a role for, 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 for some. I mean, <laughs> not for you obviously Peter, it's it's just easy, but I, I, no, I really think that that's no. It is if, that's, if that is your well. whole role. That's mm. quite hard, and he does it really well in this film. You can completely believe that she became infatuated with him. Yeah, totally, definitely. This is a very melodramatic sort of. I love this. Yeah, it's some really people, weird, isn't it? You get some people who who are a bit who complain about things, things like that. We're not complaining, but they're like, "Oh, that silly shot." You know, the music's yeah. blaring, and it's like, no, it's. I, I love it, absolutely love it. But you know it's all a choice, you know, it's all been thought out in an intelligent way. And here she is in the in the attic room. This is great. Just there. That brilliant window. Yeah. So, I mean, this, as I said, the, the house is now turned into flats for people to live in. If you knew what the film was and you had like the upstairs flat and you were in that room you'd just be like wow no. this is incredible I'd be like I don't want to live here <laughs> I wouldn't want to live there because there'd be people like us standing outside all the time that's a good point <laughs> asking to come in can I come in <laughs> do you have a towel <laughs> what do you want <laughs> oh can we please do that when we do time travel up there and, okay. uh, and go there we knock on the door. Yeah. Can I come in? <laughs> oh, this is great. This is, this is, yeah. and Claire Higgins plays this so well. You know, she's kind of she's a bit scared, but she's, she's also scared, very turned on. Yeah, this is sexy, isn't it? And she's just kind of like, oh god, this is, and this is the thing. And this is very Clive Barker. The whole sex and death and pain and pleasure. Yeah, and but violence. it's just you know, this is. Her husband is, or prospective husband, is not going to give her this kind of experience. No. no. And she knows that. And I think she could have been quite happy. If this with hadn't happened, I think Larry. she still would have got a bit bored with him. Yeah. But it's mainly. But it would have been, it would have been a standard relationship. Yeah, it would have exactly. been. But she, as soon as this happened, she's always just kind of yearned for this thing to happen again. Lying down on the bridal on, dress. On dress. 
Stains, guys. <laughs> Come on. And the soundtrack, you've got the whispering Julia. 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 Oh, this is great. But this is the thing. I, I, I've watched it with other people, who, and, they, and they've been like, this film is just so full of sex. And I was like, well, I don't think it is. Really. I but mean, I, think it, I think what it is is when you watch it for the first time, these scenes have quite a big impact on you. But her motivation is a lot to do with sex. Well, the whole, yeah. But I think that these scenes really affect people, actually. Yeah. They make them and quite uncomfortable. It's wonderful with, you know, her getting nailed in the memory and him getting nailed in his no. hand. Oh. <laughs> nailed. Well, that's what they say in all the commentaries as well. But, you know, I don't know if that was actually thinking about it at the time. But, <laughs> but nails, obviously, are a big part of this film with Pinhead as well. Oh, my God, you're right. Shut up. See his willy there? <laughs> that was something in the cinema. Is well. that why you got this on Blu-ray? No. So you could fully, <laughs> you could fully appreciate every No, but I'm, I'm obviously, I knew he was naked before, but on the big screen, you're like, hang on, whoa, what was that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Blu-ray, you see every single little detail. I'm not just talking about genitalia, I'm talking about everything. And here we go, she's totally about to leave her, she's, she's not going to yeah. marry anymore. She's going to run off with the brother. That, he'd do, she'd do anything for him, but and he, he's kind of... He needs more than that. It's not enough. Just, And this is fun. And, and you mentioned it on our first ever podcast, the, the sound of the blood oh, falling the on the floor. Splattering is incredible. is brilliant. And, and this is great, because love. this is another kind of way of showing how Larry is really the exact opposite of Frank. Yeah, he's you know, just, she gets he's she a gets weak that, little boy, really. But, but, and she's but the, the way mother that, figure. Yeah, but the way that it's done is really good because although he comes across as being really weak and stupid, it's not um, bad. Like he, you no, know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say even weak and stupid. Oh no, no, like, no, it's not stupid. But, sorry, but, yeah, yeah. A, a weak character. Yeah, he comes across as like a little boy. He's, he's a bit um, but it's not. Um, it's not him sort of going like, oh, you're like, oh my god, he's a real dick. You're just kind of like, yeah. oh, he's, he doesn't like blood. That's fine. Yeah. This is uh, one of the special effects guys just blowing into a paper bag covered in blood. Brilliant. But she asks Kirsty to drive Mm. with her, with their car. He's in the kitchen. So, I mean, you you get maybe she, maybe she can't drive because she's one of these women who, you know, just wants her husband to do everything for her. Or maybe she, it's either that or she she doesn't want to drive him to the hospital. Which is even worse. Or was it was the implication that she was going to sit in the back with him? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I've spent 20-odd years not understanding that line. <laughs> She's just well, going to that's go, what today's Bye. all about. This is what, I mean, we haven't actually sat down and talked through the film properly. Oh, you're getting all the way doing through. it now. Here we go. This is one of the best sequences ever. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So this is interesting. Originally, it, went, it cut straight from them walking out to the, the dinner party sequence. But New World Pictures were enjoying the rushes so much they gave them another huge chunk of money for this. To Twenty do it. quid. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> and uh, the guys at Image Animation, Jeff Portas and Bob Keane, they came up with this. This is all filmed on a set. This wasn't in the house. This, in is, a set this at, is great. The production village in Cricklewood. Ah, oh, this is so cool. And you'd really, you don't expect this at all. And at the moment, you're like, what is this? It was some kind of weird spider. Now, this whole sequence absolutely holds up today. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think it's dated at all. I think this is the one stu- of the sequences that... that I would say is a great thing to say, CG, let's just not use it all the time. 
Yeah, well, this is very much... This is like early Cronenberg stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. Some of the uh, some of this stuff, the reverse time-lapse stuff, it is a little hokey, I think. Yeah, but, but it's not, not in a bad way. Not, no. But as soon as you realise what's being created... Oh, it's just so good. And the little stumps stick into the brain. It's just so good. And the music as and well. Th- all this, all the puppetry of this stuff is incredible. Like, it's really slow and mm. it's a real struggle for this guy to come out of this floor. This is incredible. And this is, you know, why actual prosthetics and puppets and stuff, yeah. for me, are always win over CG. Well, I think so. I mean, they, they're constantly talking about a remake of the film. If they remade this film now, like this actual film, oh, look at that, it's gorgeous, then that would all be CGI. And it would look... Well, I hope not. I don't know. Depends who made it. It all depends on who made it. I saw on eBay, there was... uh, They were saying it was the original puppet head used for that scene. You could buy it. It was like (laughs) £4,000. I was tempted, but... um, I was worried that my wife might divorce me. (laughs) (laughs) And she won't even let me have the £7,000 full-life alien statue. What's that about? You need to to find yourself a female Frank. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, these guys, I can understand these guys being American, except for there's some dialogue later on about, you know, she's, she says to him, you're, you know, it's you, you guys, you're all the same. And it's like, I beg your pardon. And they've made that... I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. They've made it American, but um, I get the feeling that was, you know, very much saying you you English people are all the same. Mm. Yeah. But uh, but she's looking lovely now. She's done herself up nicely. I mean, Kirsty. I mean, Julia looks lovely as well, but... This is a great scene. Kirsty flirting with Steve. (laughs) Steve is just such an idiot. goon, isn't he? With this cigarette trick. (laughs) He's putting a cigarette in his mouth. Wow, he is so cool. He's just such a knob. And, um, and she's sort of being a little bitch. And this is great because this is she's going to bed. Well, this is a this is a situation that's happening all across the land. Yeah, right now, you know, dinner parties are going on, and people are going, "Oh, I'm going to go to bed." And like, "Oh no, come on, stay up." Oh, right, okay. And and she doesn't say goodnight to him or kiss him, and mm-hmm. the whole room's like, "Oh God." Yeah. But luckily, there's this idiot woman, <laughs> the one who's like doctors. <laughs> so does it hurt? And luckily, that breaks the uh, the tension. But I feel for her. Because the way that their conversation is is so banal and stupid and kind of and just she, like... Yeah. And she's just sitting there going, oh, my God. Yeah, it's true. She has all these other things going on in her mind, you know. And we haven't mentioned this, but, I mean, most of the conversations about the house and what's happening, Larry's first reaction is, I can't wait to show Kirsty. I must tell Kirsty about this. She, Kirsty must see this. And he's, he's always talking about Kirsty yeah, I mean, in front of Julia. She's his daughter. Yeah, but he, he puts her before Julia. You think? He seems to. And a lot of times he. Well, I think he. I think he's like. I think he latches on to Kirsty because Julia is so cold to him Mm. most of the time. Yeah, she's been called into the room again, and it's as if she knows something here. As if she actually did hear something. Well, I think yeah. The implication is that there were whispers or something, and she. But the whispering is quite loud in the in the sound mix, so. It is. But that's just for us. <laughs> if you us did to hear get that it. in your house, you wouldn't go into that room. That's just for us, the audience, your to get it. Your new house. <laughs> You've already been in this scary room and had a weird masturbatory dream about something. Here we happened. go. This is great. You know. Yeah. Oh, the heartbeat. Oh, it's all right. It's just some rats. And then. 
pause. <laughs> she really goes for it there. Yeah. Oh. Here he is. And his first shot, that one Look there. Look at that. That's a, a kid in a suit. Oh, wow. Because they, it, it didn't look good enough with um, Oliver, Oliver Smith doing it because it was not even small enough. And wow. he's got to be this really raggedy... He's hardly formed. But this close-ups, of course, of his face, this is Oliver Smith now. Brilliant, brilliant acting, Oliver Smith. This is and such a, an amazing performance, even though, obviously, he's been dubbed over... And we must talk about the makeup as well. You talk, talked about the resurrection standing up. And that's, it does, but there'd be some kids nowadays that might look at it and go, Ugh. Oh, not kids. What? But the, <laughs> no, but the kids, though, these kids I'm talking about, yeah. these imaginary kids, yeah. they would watch, they'd look at this scene or the Frank later on, you know, sitting in a suit smoking. And that is amazing. You can't get better than that. Well, I saw on um, YouTube recently uh, a guy. Excuse me, who um, has made his own skinless Frank Halloween costume, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It looked brilliant. That just shows the level of, of love people have for this movie. Yeah. Look at him, lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but look at this. The these, are, these, are, these, these shots are very much saying, "Look at the stupidity of this." The yeah, kind absolutely. of you know. But not stupidity, but just kind of like the the normality, like earlier, right? the normality yeah, of it, the drunk. banality. Kirsty's pickled. Quick, Steve, get in there. Steve, you fool! And then uh, that's her in her drunk acting. Julie's still a little perturbed by this. Skinless well, you man be. upstairs. Kirsty wearing white, of course. The virginal, pure Kirsty. <laughs> Well, I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just suddenly it just sounded like you were doing this kind of really weird commentary. Like she's wearing white, of course, for this evening's uh, festivities. <laughs> <laughs> so today, Kirsty Cotton is wearing a white dress. <laughs> Frank Cotton today has eschewed his skin in favour of more goopy look. Yes, very avant-garde. Yeah, that's it. She's uh, done her business. <laughs> Oh, and no. look at this. This Here is, it just... is the booze is taking effect, guys. Please forgive us for any <laughs> stupid look at comments. Julia, Uplit, terrifying. She does look terrifying. He goes like, "Are you all right?" And you would. I mean, there's no other reaction to that. Are you all right, Kirsty? Yeah, but my stepmom's being a fucking weirdo. But this, is, I, I have issues. People have issues with this bit when they well, because it's the melodramatic. Because they're like, it's very melodramatic, and I'm like, but. She is Julia is in this point where she's like, "Oh my god, the, my whole world is changed." So she would just and she's there. just standing there, she's, you she's know, shocked, just absolutely. completely in shock. But she knows she can't let her go up the stairs. Yeah, and that's the whole point. And of it's it. not her fault that she's being lit from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, derelict! Ah, who's this for the first time? Apparently, lots of people thought this was Clive Barker, and it does actually look a little bit like him. In heavy costume. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I watched this for the first time as a as a youngster, I was really frightened by him, and I thought yeah. that he was actually maybe a real homeless person that they'd got in. Like <laughs> he didn't seem like an actor at all. I kind of think, and it's him talking about we're not all frigid. Oh yeah, and I this. I do this all this must have been about this whole English thing, but now it's all you know, kind of you you know, I guess upper class people. Maybe she's talking about. I don't know. 
Exactly, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make too much but, sense. Uh, she's really, you know, forward here. You know, it's not like he's coming on to her. She's like, I, I it's not, not what I hear. Hey, yeah, Peter. prove me wrong, you. This, hey, come on, man. That's, that's a very English train station as well. It is. What, well, because it looks like shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Larry just having like a, this is like a dog's thing. dream. <laughs> he's, he's such a child, and that's why he's so yes, kind of yeah. lovable, but also really pathetic. But you still don't really... This is another thing we talked about before, which we, which I'm sure we'll talk about again. Is you don't know who to root for in this story. No, but I like that. I don't think you should root for yeah. any of them. This is this is beautiful when you can hardly see him, and the door like opens. The right is just like sleeping, looking yeah. at him. They're friends now, Going, oh. or they're so scared of him. I think they're scared of him because he's nailed one of them to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> they're just kind of looking at him, going, "What is this thing?" Oh, look at that. Hello. That was the turning point. She's lying in bed and Larry's like, Whoa, mother. If only you'd had a better dream that <laughs> night. <laughs> and she's dreaming of Frank. and she's just Because like, he yeah. needs her. If she, if she had just walked out, what would Frank have done? Because he'd have had to try and get Larry up there and convince him to yeah. help him. And he would have done. Yeah. Yeah. He's a born manipulator. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy of the situation is that he doesn't give a shit about Julia. I don't think. No, oh, absolutely not. He doesn't not. care about her, and she can't see that. She can't see. But she's obsessed it. with him because, and he'll do. He'll talk her into it. He's like a you know one of those con men, salesman type thing. So here we have a very Clive Barker esque scene. When you say that, but he's admitted this is very strongly influenced by Dario Argento. And oh, he... I just think that this this kind of portent of doom. Yeah, I mean, the the style of it might not be yeah. Clive Barker, but just this thing of, like, from nowhere, there's this sudden scene of, amazing. like, something really bad mm. is going to happen. Yeah. Feels very Clive Barker to me. The kind and of Ashley Lawrence blood. says in the commentary that uh, she was told... Ugh. She was told it was all fine with all the wind blowing and the feathers and everything. She'd be perfectly safe, but everyone else on set was wearing masks. Yeah, <laughs> masks, yeah. So, look, he, he stayed over... Or she's at his place, but he was on the floor. He was on the floor. Good, good, good kids. Good kids. Good kids. Bless her. She's had a bad dream. That was a Weird hell of a brought, dream. Brought this girl home. <laughs> she was really nice, brought her home, and then she flipped out in my bed. <laughs> Not trying to see her night. again. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> she flipped out in my bed. <laughs> uh, there right. is. Oh. Let's just try and keep this commentary out of the gutter, shall we? We can try. <laughs> <laughs> this this time on the when the phone rang, he wasn't like, "What the hell is that?" I love that. Yeah, I love the way that Frank He's is crouching, kind of crouching upstairs, in readiness. Mm. What else can he do? He's, he's all he can do is wait. No, but I just think that, that that image is brilliant. Oh yeah, you know, you it's could have had him lying on the floor listening. With his, yeah. You know, but you had him kind of crouched in shadow. Really strong, beautiful image. So we know that Clive Barker is is an artist as well. He's a painter and he sketches. He's, he really knows how to frame a shot. And a lot of this stuff where there's just the the one camera angle and it pans up, that's all, a lot of that is to do with them not having much room in the house, Mm. but it really works well. And here she is off to get her, uh, her first victim. She's still not sure about it at the moment. Her hair's got bigger. <laughs> I think she looks really hot. <laughs> I don't understand. 
don't understand what when so yeah there are people there's say, people commenting online saying like oh yeah. well she looks really like mm, I, I think she looks really sexy in a kind of 80s I think she does ice well. queen because you have to remember that this was filmed in 86 came out in 87 so of course it's going to look 80s I love that hair it just looks amazing so now ladies you know what sort of a <laughs> lady Phil likes have you ever seen me at I some kind of uh, convention guy I mean I've said this before this guy is so good everything he's, he's yeah. a real proper actor everything he says is so believable and natural but look and at this the, I mean all of this wouldn't get in a bloody horror film these days because they'd be like no. well where's the gore where's the you've got, we've got to have people about, yeah but it's all about know. the build up and the tension but this is this, and it is terrifying. this is a genuinely brilliant realistic awkward scene that could be in a play yeah you know it's it's so well done, and that's what gives you that brilliant build-up. Doesn't want to do it, and the brilliant bit with this scene is she's really not sure if she should do this or not. And then he has his little temper tantrum. Oh, I love it. You're gonna change your fucking mind, are you? Oh. And then she's like, "Ding, let's go upstairs." <laughs> and it's for the audience. Well, the audience is watching this, thinking this guy's a nice guy. Obviously, oh, he's, look at him. He's but well, he's a bit of a slimy bastard. But well, he's just a sad guy yeah. like many guys who are out there who's just kind of like and you think oh. I feel sorry for him I feel well, sorry I for her say, I feel you, sorry you for all of them until he has his little temper moment and then you think right get him upstairs <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know if I thought that but I did think I did because you want you want you want Frank to to get better <laughs> I don't want Frank to get better no no I do. I don't like. But Frank. you want to see him get. But no. But you're not actually there. But watching this film as well, an audience member, <laughs> you you do think I want to see him improve, to see what happens to him physically, if anything oh, else. I don't know. At this no. point in the film, as a so you want him just to viewer, be kicked, kicked around. I don't. And yeah. Apart I just didn't. I just don't like him. I don't like Frank. Well, <laughs> you're just jealous of him. That's what it is. <laughs> I am. I am jealous of him. He's a he's a sexy beast. And uh, she's bringing him into this horrible little damp room. Yeah. Have some some horrible damp sex on the floor. There's no such thing as horrible damp sex. <laughs> this uh, this got a great reaction in the cinema when we saw this. When he takes yeah. his trousers off and there's just a shot from behind of his horrible pants. And his socks pulled up. And his socks pulled up. Oh, yeah, that got a big laugh, didn't it? Yeah. When he took his trousers off. Yeah. Which obviously Clive Barker was thinking about. This whole scene is so awkward. And it's very sad because he's kind of trying to be like... Is it bad? It's one of my favourite scenes. Oh, no, it's great. I love <laughs> it. It's one of my favourite scenes too, but he's he's trying to be like, I'm the cocky guy and yeah, I'm kind hey, of like, baby. hey, I've kind of uh, snagged a and really looks, sexy lady here. Yeah. But Look at him oh, trying to be sexy and just oh, like, a, Jesus, like a dog licking her. I love it when he comes up with this line when he's like, oh... Got to empty the old, empty the old bladder. bladder. <laughs> I know it's like a Ricky Gervais moment. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Here's the shot of him. It's an excellent line His reading. Wonderful pants coming out. Ladies, <laughs> Frank's oh. like, oh god. Look at his. That's socks. awesome, isn't it? It's so horrible, and it's great for him, the actor, because he must just be like, oh my god, I look like I look so bad in this scene. <laughs> But it works for the character. Look at her earrings. They're pretty special as well. I like those earrings. (laughs) (laughs) You really do like them. No, the eyeshadow. Yeah, a fan of that as well. I like that. 
I like how I like how her eye eyeshadow compliments her yeah. blouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hammer! Here we go. Oh, look at that! Oh my god! This uh, this was cut by the censors. The MPAA and BBFC had a problem with this scene. They had to cut some of the hammer hitting mm. the head. And that the shot when he falls down and his mouth's all askew. That's just hideous as well. It's amazing. When I first saw this film on VHS, yes, we are a bit old, um, <laughs> I didn't see any of that detail. Of his, I thought it was just, you know, he fell to the floor and that was it, and there was some blood around his mouth. Yes. I didn't see that, no, that true. prosthetic thing. True, yeah. There was a whole prosthetic sort of chin, lip. <clears throat> but uh, watching it now on the Blu-ray, you see every single little thing. Oh, I love this. This is great. And she's covered in blood. She's completely. She's, she re- and this is this is what Claire Higgins is just such a brilliant actor because she really goes for it. In these kind of scenes, you could do half measures where you could just mm. be like, "Oh God, oh no!" But she really plays the yeah. full on. I have just murdered someone. Yeah. <gasps> you know the breathing. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Well, just well, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> it is at the moment. It's kind but of. She knows it won't be in the long run. It's just a very intense situation, you know. I think. And it's... this shot, this shot from the front, this this one here yeah. is. This is your Lady Macbeth shot. Could isn't be it? to do with um, you know space as well, not having much space. But yeah, it's, it's completely. It works that is that is your Lady Macbeth there. I just think it's she plays that so well because no matter what the reason, you know, if you say, right, I'm going to kill someone because it was going to make my lover come back to life, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you do it, the the visceral act of doing it is going to no, really it's, hit you. It's the worst thing you can do. And look, he sucked, sucked all the juice out of him. Again, remember that because he, that'll come back later. Yep. And she's... <laughs> look at me. Look at him. Frank makeup number two. Amazing. Heavily influenced by books that Clive Barker wrote, read when he was a kid, with images of skinless men being drawn, sort of anatomical pictures being drawn. Wow. I mean, if I was making a low budget film and I needed a skinless person in it and mm. they looked like that, I'd be like, job done. We yeah. are, we are rolling. This film is going to be amazing. Yeah. Look how good that looks. That's fantastic. And it's it's not even my favourite of the Frank makeups. The next one, I think, is even better. I just think that that's amazing. Oh, it's incredible. And the fact that he's all goopy and he's touching her. I love it, the slime. And you think, is she going to push him away? And he grabs her And then boob. bloody Larry gets home. And and Frank, this is, this is showing Frank's character again. He's not bothered. No. He's... He's he's almost enjoying this situation, and this is also where it's really funny because it it becomes like a kind of farce, a farce, yeah, yeah. a bedroom farce where they're like, oh, I've got to take the body oh, into this room before he gets home. home. And this image as well of of her in a you know little sexy top, <laughs> horrible. I love his little legs. Yeah, they're so thin with his socks still pulled up. <laughs> And Larry's singing his whistling his little song. He's all happy. Poor Larry. She's quickly getting herself in there. And of course, if you get home from work, what's the one thing you want to say to your wife? <laughs> you want a cookie, little girl. Uh, that's Larry's version of trying to be kind of. It is him sexy being sexy and fun. 
Clive Barker said Andrew Robinson brought quite a lot to the role himself and he improvised a few lines and things and that cookie one was definitely oh, one of them. Oh, all right. The Knight of the Paper Hat was another one that was his. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the most famous one that he came up with, of course, we'll get to at the end. Yeah. So if you don't know that already, then stay tuned. <laughs> <clears throat> there she is. I love it. She looks at herself. Wipe off the blood. There is a danger that we're just going to all of a sudden get really into the film and stop talking. Well, that's why I'm, I'm being okay. conscious of this. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm trying on. to talk. Whenever you fine. stop, I'm trying to fill the gap with yeah, my... Normally, fill the gap, we edit it out. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, back into the, the attic room. Great cool. lighting. Hello. Or slimy. I'm hurting. Look at that. You can see his veins. Yeah. Ah, oh, I don't know if this is my favourite makeup actually. Oh really? I like okay. the I like seeing the bones and the veins. Yeah, no, I do. I do like the bones and the veins as well. But again, another writing thing, you know, that he says I'm hurting, and then he grabs her in a moment, and then she says, "You're hurting." You're hurting. Me. But I don't think she says you're hurting me. She just says you're hurting. I think. Let's check it in a moment. I think she says you're hurting me. Well, oh, really here we go, fact fans. Let's find out. Do you want to put some money on it? I'll put you. I'd Five pounds. Okay, done. He's <laughs> shaking hands there. Make sure we're not talking during that bit. <laughs> oh, this is really exciting. It's when he guys. grabs her. Five Give pounds on the line, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> you owe me a fiver. Damn it. <laughs> no, he does look incredible. He does. And then... This whole thing with the fingers on the lips. And we saw in the cinema, back, going back to that again, uh, there, were, there were people behind us who had never seen the film before. It was like someone who brought a friend along. Some, some crazy chimp. And this bit, his goopy finger on her lips. Mm. They were going, oh. Yeah. And it really does get that reaction. It's wonderful. Monkey oh, scare. Speaking of crazy chimps. <laughs> monkey scare. And in the cinema, I'm going to say this again. I keep saying in the cinema we saw it, but that monkey scare genuinely scared me and made me jump. It did. I'd forgotten that was about to It come. was brilliant because you I jumped. actually jumped out and of And then I, I think I leant over to you and went, monkey scare. <laughs> <laughs> and I, t- I didn't even think that was a scare moment when I watched the film at home, but that really made me jump in the cinema. Yeah. Here he is. What's he up to? Oh, dear. He's eating this something. derelict hobo, homeless man, Uh-oh. eating cricket. Clive Barker did say that he wanted to play this part himself because he wanted to eat the the crickets what? on screen but they only had like an hour or something in this pet shop so he didn't have time to actually be behind the camera setting it all up and be in front of the camera with the makeup and everything as well so this is very so yeah no this is I mean until you weird until the end where you realise who he's supposed to be he's just this horrible awful creepy guy which yeah. is perfect. And it's very it's very frightening and you know there's some I mean look at that look. Mm. You know. And there's another <laughs> monkey scare. <laughs> monkey scare. But he does the most kind of ineffectual <laughs> touch on her shoulder. And then she jumps. Maybe that maybe they looked at it in the in the editing and thought, why is she jumping? He yeah. Does, so I know. Let's put a monkey scare. Monkey mon- monkey scare over there. <laughs> no, I'm not a, I'm not a Steve fan, I've got to say. Apparently, he wasn't either. I've heard he wasn't a fan of himself. No, I've heard <laughs> that he wasn't a big fan of the character he played because it was he's so ineffectual and Yeah, well I know I mean I know he um sort of 
wasn't that up for the film, I think, is what I've heard on the grapevine. Here we go, another Oh, another I like death. this guy. This guy's much more confident as well, yeah. so it works for the second one because he's much more like, yeah, I do yeah. this all the time. So then you just cut straight to it, smash mm-hmm. in the head. That works. Apparently he was a very brave actor. Well, he said he said for the death scene he should be naked. So they did a, a version where they filmed him naked. Oh. But the uh, censors wouldn't have it. Yeah. The hair's got bigger. <laughs> but look, this is this is it. She's really... Is that the, the look you like, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> she's really getting into it now. She's really... She is. She's you becoming used to it. And she's doing what she has to do. It's not like she's, she's enjoying it. She's thinking, this has to be done. You say that, but... Wait but there, there's a, there's small moments. That's it. It's just small moments of enjoyment. There you go, little yeah. smirk. Yeah, she's like, when this is <laughs> done, like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna have him back. This is my favorite makeup. It's amazing, no question about and it. And he sat in his shirt having a cigarette, which came from Oliver supposedly, yeah. He he saw having a fag. Him having a fag on set on set and thought that having a cigarette for our American. Oh yes, listeners. sorry, yes. I would mean something else. Otherwise. <laughs> And the fact that he's just talked about his nerves working again and he's mm. got a cigarette in his mouth. There's the box. And here's the box. Well, I loved in the book, um, Hellbound Heart, where he was like wanting like preserved ginger and... Was it preserved mm. ginger? Yeah. Really just, specific things. Specific things yeah. that he wanted to have sensual pleasures. Oh, here they Call are. Flash, that's the first time you get a proper flash of... Butterball and Chatterer. That was not the first time you've seen both of them in this. That is. It is. And, and there the they chat- are. And you're like, what the hell is this? So the shot this of him hanging upside down was the very first thing they filmed. Well, I think, I think that was camera. almost a test. Yeah, yeah, it was a test. They tested wasn't the it? camera and they wanted to film something they could use in the film. Oh, there they are. Oh, look at him. And apparently, Sean Chapman was physically sick afterwards after <laughs> they filmed it. I'm not surprprised. But, yeah, but that, these, that these makeups are so brave and bullshit. Oh, God, yeah. We'll get, more, we'll get more on that when we have the hospital scene. But that shot just there was the first time you see Pinhead lit properly. Yeah. And you see his face and his head and you're like, what the hell is that? And there's no kind of hiding them. No. You know, they're shown very clearly. Absolutely. I think as well for people who, just to date this podcast um i think it was doug bradley's birthday yesterday oh was it yeah so let's wish him a happy birthday happy right birthday, now happy doug birthday doug bradley oh. and this is this is fun as well <laughs> yeah because first of all you've got larry who's enjoying the boxing he would never but hit anyone in real life i and know he's got all this pent-up anger but, he, but he's doing it in such a little boy way yeah hit him hit him hit him <laughs> And I just feel like very I've seen worse. Yeah, <laughs> I feel very sorry for Larry because he's, he's really out of his depth here. Well, especially when you know what's upstairs. That's the thing. People are, you know, evil things are afoot. All right, Frank, calm down. And this is another thing about Frank. He won't, he just will not be. He's like a no, force of nature. This he's... guy. He will not be silenced. <laughs> he won't sit upstairs going, "Oh, I better not let Larry Watch hear me." Let Larry hear me. And then she tries to play the the weak girl part oh, I'm scared oh, of the thunder but and this is awful I this hate is the so sad and it's like hey baby I'll look after you don't this worry is terrible look at that what a great <laughs> shot what a great shot oh. him in his suit 
Him in his suit with, with no his dripping face. Amazing. Clive Barker said that he's used a thunderstorm in every single one of his movies he's made. And he loves them. And there's a reason that they're used in horror films a lot. Because <laughs> it oh, really yeah. has atmosphere. Look and at she's, this. She's now using sex to try and save Frank from being caught. Oh, this is awful. She uses sex as a weapon. This which is she awful. Has for the whole time to lure the men back is her using sex as a weapon. That's the only way she'd ever use it. But I feel really sorry. I feel really sorry for both of them here because she wants to get her lover back. Yeah. And poor old Larry just wants to have a normal relationship with his wife and they're both at cross purposes. Yeah. Gone quiet again. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> we, we, we got into it. Yeah, watching the film. <clears throat> and she's and then she takes a step back as if she's saying okay whatever well, happens happens no I think she's frightened I think she's going oh my god don't get him don't, well, don't she get really, him she really doesn't want Larry to be killed I, I do believe that I do believe that, oh the rats the rats do you know about mailed. the BBFC That's yeah fun. they uh, for those they who thought it was know, real didn't they yeah they refused to put that shot in because they, they thought the rat was real so they had to take an animatronic rat to the BBFC <laughs> to prove it was fake oh. That's amazing. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, I, I, I do believe that she doesn't want Larry to be killed. Well, no. Um, and that's why she until you know, later when oh oh nice scare. Um, until later when I think she goes beyond the point of even that. She has to have Frank back. And this point, you know for a fact she doesn't want to have sex with him. No, and this is awful because this is another scene. That is happening all over the land yeah. <laughs> right now. You know, there's guys and their wives and stuff, and she's kind of going, "Oh, not, not tonight, darling." Um, no, and it's something that a lot of people can relate to, and you kind of know is happening. Yeah. And you're just like, "Oh, it's really it awkward." All the time that embarrassing. Wife doesn't want to have sex, and then the husband's dead brother with his skin off is in the wardrobe. That's the thing in the closet. This happens all over the land. <laughs> oh. And then this whole thing of, no, don't, I can't bear it. And Larry thinks she's talking to him. What the hell is he thinking at this point? I mean, I'd assume that they haven't had sex for a while. Yeah. (laughs) And the one time she decides to give up the goods, she starts saying, I can't bear it halfway through. Yeah. It takes him a while to sort of actually listen to her, I think. And this rat being sliced open. This is really disgusting. Yeah. That is awful. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. In an amazing way. Look at that. That shot is isn't it amazing? Brilliant. Oh, this all this so stuff good. with Frank is so good. And then and you, poor when it's over, Larry. now you realise what Larry's going through. Because <laughs> until this moment, you're just scared that he's going to get stabbed. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, you just thought his wife can't bear him. But Frank is. Frank won't let anybody else in on his territory at all. I mean, like, there, he's saying to her, don't you be doing this. Even if you're trying to protect me, you're not going to do this. You're mine. mine." Yeah, absolutely. And look what's going to happen. Dearie me. This is another scene that was filmed in one hour. They they were supposed to get to this Chinese restaurant, which is in Highgate in London, if anyone's interested. Um, And the person who owned the restaurant was was an hour late getting there no yeah so they had I think maybe three three hours or something to film the whole thing and 
one of that was taken off because the guy was late getting them in. So essentially two hours. And Clive Barker, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my maths isn't really adding up at the moment. But basically, they didn't have as long as they wanted. Right, right, say. okay. And he, he'd love to have filmed this in a, in a more interesting way, but it's basically just a wide shot and two close-ups. Yeah. And he just had to trust that the actors knew what they were doing, went in, did the lines right, and got out. I think because... Um, I think because Larry is really saying, look, I've got a real problem here, kiddo, yeah. it works. Yeah. Because it's it's a moment of actually, instead of him being a little boy and being all positive, he's actually going, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. Mm. And he is in his blood-stained suit. Beautiful image. Him in his suit with all the blood. And the subtle makeup as well on both of them. And he's obviously saying... Can we kill Larry, please? Yeah. <laughs> you and know, that's, that's yeah, amazing that he's we, uh... just like, what's the problem? Let's just kill him. Let's get rid of him. His yeah. own brother. And then, of course, Kirsty notices. Oh, dear. Oh, no, she's cheating on my father. And once again, another thing where, you know, Larry said, can you please go around because she, yeah, she needs I'm a friend and I'm worried about her. Kirsty turns up, sees this. Oh dear. Excellent stuff. Really strange though, a lot of people uh, who've never seen this film before, when I watched it with them, thought that when Julia looks at the door, that she, she sees, sees Kirsty. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Um, I never thought that myself. And I never thought that myself. I know no. some people have thought that. Because her expression changes yeah. as well. I think her expression changes to say, it's business say, time. Yeah, here we go. It's time. I can start. Yeah. I, well, once he's not looking, he doesn't have to pretend anymore. Yeah. I love the heartbeat in the back of these scenes. Yeah. Brilliant. And look at her. She's completely the villain now. But this is great because they've got the mo even more vulnerable guy for the last one. Yeah. Who's just a really kind of like total geek guy. Like, oh, yeah. no. I don't, oh, no. I, I, I get lonely and all this kind of thing. <laughs> it's even more horrifying and he nearly gets out and at this point I think Frank could probably do his own killing because <laughs> mm. <laughs> he's quite full on isn't he and that's interesting he doesn't want her to look yeah he doesn't want to see as he sucks the Puts juice out of the guy <laughs> another moment the senses have problem with the fingers going into the flesh it's not... Why? Oh, who knows? Well, it's not like it's actually possible, is it? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Cheap scare. <laughs> I like it. And the sucking I love noises. The, the straw. The straw in him. <laughs> there she is. That makeup. Oh, my God. If I was Clive Barker and I was directing this film and they said this is the makeup do you think it looks good I'd just be like oh, this is it yeah it's alright <laughs> this is it we're okay this film's going to be okay well, to jump on a bit if I may um, you he may. talks about the hospital scene where the Cenobites first come in mm. and he says when he saw Pinhead on set for the first time instead of everyone thinks that he went oh wow we've got something here mm. he actually thought I've screwed this up this is goofy this isn't going to work yeah it's very brave, though, isn't it? It's a very big oh choice. God, and never I can imagine like when you stood before. in the room, you were like, is this 
Because it's come from your brain as well. Mm. If you were Clive Barker, you were like, okay, I've got this idea about this guy with pins in his head. Is that yeah. nails in his head? Is that too stupid? Oh, hello. There he is. <laughs> That's fun. And look, it's almost... I mean, he's trying to lure her in there, isn't he? That's what I took from it. Because he, could, oh, he could grab him back if he wanted. No, I thought he was just kind of... He wants waiting to see a him. moment. Oh. And this is another example of Frank's character. Yeah. Because <laughs> he immediately... Hey, I'm your uncle. But he immediately <laughs> starts basically trying to get off with her. Yeah. <laughs> Soon as Julia's out of the way, he's like, "Hey, you're You've sexy, grown, you're beautiful, <laughs> you're beautiful." Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, he would run off with her now. He would. He would go with anybody who can help him. Yeah, or anybody who can give him pleasure in any way. And his time being torn apart in hell has only made him more depraved and deranged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This. But don't you kid yourself. Some yeah. things have to be endured. It's like the things that have happened to him with the Cenobites have made him even worse now that he's out on his own. And he's appreciated them. He's, yeah, he's... But yeah, he's, he's, he needed to escape, though. But he's, he's... he's Yeah, he has appreciated them. Yeah. And then she needs him in the balls. I love in this thing, you've got the kind of monster, like, yeah. <laughs> in the background. And he, she realises that he... He needs that bloody box. This is interesting as well. And he's not used to... Not getting his own way. Yeah, he's not used to negotiating with people. He just... He's just like, give it to me, do it. Nice big... Mm. No! There's always got to be a good no. Which we'll get a lot more of those later on (laughs) in the franchise. (laughs) Speedwitch, if you do enjoy this commentary, then let us know and we'll, we'll do some more for the other films if you want us to. Oh, I'd love to. Everyone's, I think actually, everyone wants us to do a hell world. No, through. to be honest, I think the other ones would be much better because this one we just love it. Yeah, Whereas the true. other ones we'd have a lot more to talk about. And I think people would actually, <laughs> the only reason some people would want to watch Hell World again would be if we were doing a commentary <laughs> over the top of it. I love that. The nuns. I love the nuns. Yeah. I love it's the so nuns. so odd. Such a great addition. And then I love the, this. The, the slow down come to daddy, which is actually. Uncle. And the. Come to Daddy, which is Larry. Which is Larry, to prepare Come you for to later. Daddy. Come to Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then here we have the guy with his uh, baseball cap on. Oh, Are you alright? <laughs> <laughs> New it. York hat on. So New yeah. York, yeah. yeah. It's totally America, don't worry about it. It's fine. Doesn't matter where this is. All of our New York listeners can confirm. <laughs> And Beautiful. Then, you go, then this is great. You know, look at this. Just suddenly this shot of a rose opening. You're like, what? 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 What, what is this? And then he was all see it's a dream. On, the, <laughs> no, see it was on the TV. Yeah. The nurse is watching. What the hell is this program she's watching? Well, yeah. She loves that program. Is that a rose or like a carnation? I don't think it's a rose. I don't want to say anything though. Well, I just thought about it, and I thought, oh. um, I don't think it's a rose. It's a, it's some kind of. A hey, flower. I'm just like a manly guy, and I just hey, think it's a red flower. It must be some kind of rose. <laughs> <laughs> Write in, listeners, and tell us what kind of flower that is. I, I'm, I'm going for a carnation. Okay, I'm going for flower. Back into bed. And is this 
responsible, the fact that he gives her this box. No. <laughs> but I do like that Doctor's pockets are so big that you can just have it in there. They have got big pockets. You just go, Whoosh. you are. <laughs> nice bow tie as well. He's weird. kind of creepy, isn't he? Yeah. I think. Everyone in this film is kind of creepy. He is kind of creepy. Yeah, I think he's a bit And she's weird. like, yeah, thanks, whatever. And she tries to get out and he <coughs> locked the door. What are they playing at? I always think that they've locked the door in that kind of... And it's one of those push doors. <laughs> it's going to have some kind of weird bolt on the other side. But uh, it's it's clearly because the you know the police want to speak to her. Mm. So here's this thing that you were found with. Yeah, isn't that odd? Anyway, works for the story though. And now she's got a little smile on her face. You know, oh, this will be. Let's have a play with this. Even though she. But just this is saw it. This skinless uncle. This this where it just showed those little um, yeah <laughs> optical effect things coming off. This is the lure of the box. Well, exactly. Which you get a lot more about in the um, in the book, don't you? Yeah. And in some of the later films as well. You but get the, it and you can't stop playing sort of, with it. Yeah, exactly. It hypnotises And look, you. they just cut from her initially picking yeah. it up so to she's been, a long time later. She's, she's been, been messing with it, with it well. playing with it. Which is These exactly little pink things be. have been coming out of it. She's been kind of enjoying yeah. it. And suddenly, and now, now it turns bad. Almost Wait a minute. Electrocutes her for a second and... And that is the thing. The box is one of those obsessive, compulsive things where you can't stop fiddling with it. Yeah. Whereas in the later films, someone sees it, picks it up, and it opens. Yeah. Because they were like, well, we just need to get it open as quickly as possible, yeah. don't we? Whatever. Making Hellraiser films say, you've got to have the box opening in Pinhead. Fine. Put that in. Shove it in somehow. <laughs> Shove it in. And then a corridor to hell opens up. Now, a lot of people have said to me, like, I would never go into this corridor. And I really always hate that argument. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? What are you going to do? Stay in the room I know. and look at it from a distance? I completely would. But not through any kind of bravery or like, because I'd be like, I must see you what's going what on the there. It's just, that? it's just, you just, you just would. You really you would. You would if you were in that situation. You would at least take a step in and have a look. you wouldn't know it's a corridor to hell. No. Now you can hear the baby screaming in the background. Yeah. You'd be a bit concerned. Yeah. And we have the engineer <laughs> with his rubbery hands. Oh, the so for those who don't know, if you do want to look out for it, there's a shot, a long shot, where you can see the rig behind it and guys running along behind it, pushing it on wheels. Are we going to see that now? We will Peter, see that now. Are we going to see that? We will. Are you going to point it out? I'll try. But the... I still maintain the creature design is phenomenal. I tell you what, the only thing about this creature that needs to change is the bottom arms. And maybe some of the head. Yeah, the face is not brilliant, but Here we go, the face is passable. But the bottom arms need to change. The top is brilliant. Yeah, it is. And the, the guy's slapping the walls, like moving it along. Yeah, exactly. With his, but the bottom arms his... are just so stupid. Yeah, they're just a bit rubbery. And they did the strobing kind of effect there to try and make it look a bit more... Yeah. Like the arms were moving a lot more. But they made the best with what they got. But, yeah. Mm. But I, d- I do think this could have been cut down a bit, maybe. Well, I didn't see any camera guys there. Uh, funnily yeah. enough, 
Neither did I. <laughs> I, mean, I have seen them before. Are though, you talking nonsense? I'm not talking. There, there is a, at least one shot where you can. Maybe see now that it's on Blu-ray, them. you can't see them. <laughs> Maybe they've gone and taken them out digitally. <laughs> I'm sure they haven't. But um, that scene, of course, is uh, is featured in the film Basic Instinct. That was the first time I ever saw that scene. What? There's a bit in Basic Instinct where he's fallen asleep and on the TV behind him is that scene of her getting oh chased by the... But it's got a different soundtrack. Okay, sorry, I have to talk about that. I oh, really yeah, love that Let's thing. Go. I really love that thing with the tiles where yeah. they go from white to black and then smoke comes out of them. Sorry, I think I might have just knocked the microphone. I do apologise if that made a noise. Sorry, sorry. about that. But, but yeah. Th- that was That's an amazing effect that nobody nice. ever talks about. No, it's gorgeous. And I really love it. It's very simple and very, very clever. And oh, here I we go. Love this. this is just the most amazing bit. Oh, I've just spent this whole commentary just going, I love this. <laughs> but this, this is what Blu-ray was made for. Chatterer! There he is. Oh, God, that the looks so good. The most horrific cinematic creation ever made. I have never seen anything like that. That is awesome. Look at that. And the wires going around to the back of his head. Fingers in the mouth. And you've got... There he is. He was so... So right to put these guys in full light. Yeah, and him and he had a, a bit of an argument with Robin Vigeon, the the DP, who said, you know, less is more. We should have it all dark. No, and he was like, no, we spent a fortune on these things. <laughs> no, but he, usually effects need a bit of darkness to yeah. to make them work. But these guys, all credit to Bob Keane and his team because these guys work oh, in complete light. And Jane Wild great. Goose, who designed the costumes. Oh yeah. Everybody who worked on them looks great. And there's Simon Bamford. Simon Bamford, yeah. Has given it. Nicholas Vince. Grace Kirby is the female who was Clive Barker's cousin. But look, I mean, that's a close-up of his face. And even even when it gets closer with We'll Tear Your Soul Apart, we saw it in on the big screen. Yeah. And it's faultless. It looks brilliant. You can zoom right into his face. You can see the pink inside of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing. You're like, well, you can't put makeup inside his well, mouth because it's not going to stick. Although his teeth are all rotting away. That's yeah. Great. It's amazing. I love it. But these, ah, oh, these things. This is great because, as we've said before, you know, you've got the enforcer, chatterer, yeah. keeping her still. Yeah. The other guys are just, like, observing her, watching her, bargaining with her. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And those who don't know, you've got a couple of lines that were supposed to be buttable, impossible, that she just said, and perhaps we prefer you, but he couldn't speak. He and they his put his teeth in. teeth in and his... That was his line. Bless him. I felt very... This was a set as well, I think. This this hospital was a set. When we, You mean you can listen back to our other podcasts where you yeah. we speak to Simon Bamford and um, I felt very sorry for him. Yeah. Look at that, really close up on his face. And yeah. The makeup is so amazing, you can get right up there. Mm. You can get right up there. <laughs> yeah, I felt very sorry when Simon said he, he lost his lines and he cried. Well, that was the yeah, he said there was a day when he completely broke down inside the yeah. mask and no one knew. Yeah, because he was just sitting there looking like Butterball. They, him and Nick Vince, they couldn't see, they couldn't hear, they could no. only breathe through their mouths. All respect to them. Jesus. Um, and they were in like... For, Hours and hours and hours on it. Yeah, end. well, I respect to all of them. I mean, Doug Bradley, obviously, yeah. has to go through so much. And I think he, when he first gets on set, is a bit like, oh, God, mm. here we go. Yeah. But they've all that done was so worth brilliant. It. You know, such great performances. Yeah. 
under such duress, <laughs> such horrible situations. And he comes home all smiles, you know, hey, hey, honey. Yeah. And that's it. And maybe he's even got a bit of the kind of soft focus there where he's just kind of fresh faced yeah. and like, now hey. he has. Yeah, now he has because they're like, we want you to really. And that's it. Think that's the last we that's see. That's it. Larry. Look at his nice blue eyes. <laughs> Miss Steve in his awful shirt. Steve, you massive tool. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not here now. Yes, thank you. Oh. Here we go. Those paying attention know exactly what's happened. Brilliant. And look at this. She's she's gone. She's she's been she's completely consumed by the desire to have Frank back. And here he is. So she's kind of got the best of both worlds now, because she he looks like her husband and fucks yeah. like her lover. She'd rather <laughs> that he looked like Frank. Frank though. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, it's all but about it's, the moves. It's clearly man. Frank because she's enjoying the sex. It's all about the moves. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But at least he can, you know, pretend he's Larry. That's that's the best thing about it. They can carry on living. This oh yeah, line. they can carry on living their lives. Well, as far as she's concerned, I don't think he wants to do that. He doesn't want to pretend he's yeah. Larry forever. He's gonna he's go gonna get out there. As soon well, that's as he the can. thing. I, th- I think if Kirsty hadn't turned up, he would sleep with her a bit, you know, get himself together, and then leave. I don't think it would take that long because he says earlier on, "I have to get a new skin. I have to get out of it before they find out that I've slipped them." <laughs> He wants to get away. Yeah. He wants to run from the Cenobites. Although if he's trying to run from the Cenobites, I don't, I, that is a very silly thing to try and do. Because <laughs> I don't think you're going to really... I mean, they, it's not like they're limited to just going, damn, he's left the house. Now we'll never find him. Well, in the in the book, they do say that you, if you do get going back, you know, it's into the room where you... Well, that would be the first place help. that they would look. Yeah. And here he is. And Kirsty is boozing it up. He's boozing it up. And now we all know it's Frank, but Kirsty doesn't, and this is just horrendous. Poor old Kirsty. This is amazing. Oh, oh, here we go. Excuse me. Cheers. Chin chin. Chin chin. Here's Happy twenty fifth anniversary. 25th. Absolutely. Can you believe it? Twenty five years. Man, every time I watch this film, I I just love it. I love yeah. it. It's brilliant. It is amazing. And Ashley Lawrence is so great. She really can sell this kind of like yeah. panic and you know for, like uh, fear really well. She she doesn't quite notice that he's got blood all around his hairline, but that's all right. But she's dressed. She's crazy. She's she's, yeah, she's, she's freaking out. She's going mental. <laughs> Trying to just ignore it. <clears throat> and he's hoping she'll just go. Oh, okay, fine, thanks. Yeah. Like a mad dog, put him out of his misery. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can, of, I can sense that Andrew Robinson's really having a good time. Well, he said this. he has said that one of the one of the reasons he took the job in the first place was because he could play both sides of this yeah. character. He could play exactly. Larry and then Frank, and all this stuff was all this stuff's amazing. You know, when he's like, what he did was unspeakable. <laughs> unspeakable. <laughs> he's having a great time I just love it the weirdness of his line reading though is he's just like I don't even understand it myself this is so kind of oh <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, you, I like gonna, that you want go on no sorry I was just saying I like that where Julia's kind of fondling her hair she says Ashley Lawrence says in the commentary with her that there was a, before they filmed one of the scenes 
Claire Higgins came up to her and, and like stroked her and sang a weird little song to her to freak her out. Oh, and they God. didn't get on very much in the in the mm. in the filming, but because because they were both in character and, mm. and Claire Higgins was really trying to freak her out so that she'd be like that in the in the shots. Yeah, she certainly achieved that. This bit was improvised on set. Oh yeah, he did this, didn't he? They wanted something. With the addition of the sound effects. And so they just said, I know, I'll just do this and you can add a sound effect. I just squidge my eye. And you add that sound effect in and it looks great. Yeah, it looks like he's moved something. Brilliant. But that's the great, you know, that's why I love it. Low budget cinema. Mm. Find solutions to problems. problems. Yeah, with no money. Just using creativity. And that, there we go. That's it, that's a smoking, we know Larry. smoking corpse of her dad. But she thinks it's Uncle Frank. But then, uh oh, <laughs> who's this? Look, look how good they look! Oh Christ, they're amazing, and they only look this good in the first two films. They do, that is true. And I, I'm not a big fan of Chatterer Two with his eyes. No, but you know, each their own. <laughs> but the Chatterer, in inverted commas, from the last few films from oh, Hellworld, no, no, rubbish, just a mask. Oh, I love how creepy she is here. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Shaking her head. Because <laughs> they really go for it. This is it. This is, this is actors really, really going yeah, for it. absolutely. Full force. Theatrical like, performance. Hey, everything's fine. <laughs> we can all be happy here. Like, hang on a minute. No, this she's like, right. This, that's the moment when she goes, wait yeah. a minute. Because and then Julia's he says, come to daddy. Up for it as well now. That's the mm. main thing, I think. Julie's like, yeah, it's all right. Everything's fine. Well, I always got the impression that there could be some kind of weird, like Julia was kind of up for anything. That oh, like Some kind of a sexy three-way. Yeah, and then murder her. Get rid of her. Yeah, maybe. Although I don't think she'd be up for that with her dad. Or who she thinks is her dad. Yeah, but... But of that, course, come to know, daddy. They can do whatever they want. You know, that's well, the thing. Well, obviously. But that makeup's great as well. And he's now got these flaps of skin for the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. He's got his knife. <laughs> that is a brilliant line. So much for the cat and mouse shit. Because in so many films, people do that. It's yeah. all like, oh, yeah, do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was having a go at it. It was fun. Yeah. No. And then... He stabs now he... Julia. And she immediately says, not me, not yeah. me. And I think she instantly knows. She knows. She's done. And he's got his fingers in her. He's still taking life essence, even though he's got a skin. He doesn't care about her at all. And she's just realised that too late. And now he's after Kirsty. But he loves it. Yeah, he's having a great Frank time. Is, he Frank is a very, very, very sick individual. He hasn't got a clue that anyone's waiting for him upstairs. He thinks but he can, it. I've you know, I'll get rid of her, then, I'll, then I can do anything if I you want. Th- if you think about it, like what's happened to him in hell already mm. has been so bad that he's just... What more can happen to him? <laughs> exactly. He's just he's just like a mad he is like a mad dog. I tell you what could happen to him. He could be taken back to hell. Yeah. But hopefully he's thinking that's not gonna happen. And now she's doing some uh, 
Now we've got a couple more jump scares. We've got a jump scare coming up that worked amazingly in the cinema. Which one? Jesus or Magic? Jesus. The Jesus scare. The Jesus got, scare. Yeah. The two really biggest scares in the cinema jump. were Monkey Scare and Jesus Scare. Yeah. And that's, that's there it Jesus is. Time. And that was it. When you watch that on a DVD, you're just like, okay. okay. But in the cinema, man, people jumped. Yeah, and this is a complete tangent, but I saw the Hitchcock film Psycho in a cinema last year mm. at the BFI, the British Film Institute, and um, it genuinely made everyone jump. Mm. And you watch that on a DVD and you're like, yeah, whatever, 1960, fine. Black and white, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it really made us all jump in the cinema. And this this did as well. The monkey scare and the Jesus scare. <laughs> and uh, and the this maggot, is how they will now be known. The maggot scare as well. Yeah. But to a lesser extent. The maggot scare is more of a gross out. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. This is great. He's you know, listening. But monkey scare and Jesus scare made people go. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> it's those moments in the cinema where everyone jumps and then laughs because they jumped. Yeah. It's great. And I think that was... That's... Really? Maggot scare. <laughs> Everyone goes, oh, no. But um, I think that's how clever Clive Barker is because mm. even in this film with amazing complexity, brilliant characters, great gore, amazing creatures, he's got the jump scares in there as well. He like He really researched what he needed to do to provide an all-round Absolutely. film experience. And he did it. This is, and you know, he said that it's one the, of the perfect horror films. Yeah, really is. And he said that it's those jump scare moments that date a film, mm. much more so than the rest of it, which is all about intensity and you know makeup and all that sort of thing. And it's true, but they still bloody work. They work in a in a cinema, exactly for, for that's sure. What, that's what I meant. I mean, for I sure. watched it at home. I don't ever jump watching mm. the film at home, but I genuinely did. I was surprised. Yeah. Because I'd never seen it in the cinema. No. And, I, and I thought, I could see that, I was like, oh, they're, they're obviously the jump scare moments. I'm, I'm sure that they were good. And then mm. I watched it in the cinema and I was really surprised that everyone But it's always the same in the cinema. Seats. I mean, I've, I've seen some Charlie Chaplin short films in the cinema you, and everyone was jumping. pissing themselves. <laughs> no, no. Everyone was laughing. Yeah. Loads. And you don't at home. But that's by the by. But here he is. That's the magic of cinema. All she needs is for him to say that he's Frank. And everything's fine again. I think that's very annoying of the Cenobites. Her dad, her skinned father, she's just realised who that is on the floor. Yeah, I mean, confess himself. But she's forgotten all about that. She's just, she just wants to, at this point I don't get the feeling that she's trying to trick him into saying who he is. No, 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 no. What is she saying, bastard? She's just trying to. She's she's so taken up by her dad. That's it. Being it's all her, her her old world's just imploded. That's the thing. And then her and her dad had a very 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 close relationship. Absolutely. Um, oh, look at this! I mean, that simplicity of the lights coming through the yeah. slats and then Perfect. lighting them a bit at a time. And I love it though. Yeah. <sighs> oh, brilliant! Brilliant! And the chains come out. So good. I love this, the pillar. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that it just turns up. I just find it very frightening. I don't know why. It's just a And the noise as well. The noise. The, the, oh, oh, huge the close up of his teeth. There he is. Nicholas Vince's teeth. A modeled cast on. Of his teeth. A yeah. cast of his teeth. Cast of his actual Not his actual teeth, teeth but a model yeah. on his teeth. Yeah. Look at that hair. I love the hair. Female. Yeah. 
Oh, it's horrible. Look at them. Frank. Frank. Brilliant. Doug Badley's voice, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a... He says that line in a very strange way. <laughs> bitch. Yep. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. I love but it. But Frank's a weird... And they almost let him get to yeah. her. Yeah. Because they're, they're kind of playing kind with of, her as well. Yeah, they? there's... You know. This is great. I mean, all this stuff... Look, there you could see his cheek clearly there. You, he brings his hand down and there's a chain in his like, hand. Oh, no, that's awful. Everyone, anybody his, can go, oh, well. no, about that. He's really selling this. He really goes for it there, doesn't there he? There isn't much more that... There isn't much around now that is as terrific as this. No. You've got things like sore and hostile, and yeah, there's a lot of blood. It doesn't affect me like, like this, them. though. This, look, look at what's going this on is, here. This is serious. It's horrendous. And this is great. And they're in passive faces. The chains and hooks going. And then the big one, there he is, <laughs> on his spine. This is just amazingly awesome. And so this is the other improvised line by... Well, not improvised, but suggestion by Andrew Robinson. Jesus wept. Originally it was something like, fuck you, or fuck yourself, or mm. fuck off. And he said... How about Brilliant. if I said Jesus wept? Brilliant. Clive Barker Lick went, the lips. Jesus. Jesus yeah. wept. Because that's it. He's just like, what more can you do to me? I'm going back to what you've done to me before. Look, I've done it all. Fuck you. And he's licking his lips. Sorry, he's licking his lips and he's smiling. And he's, is he enjoying this? Well, he's just, you know, it's all oh, just no, a mix he's... of it. This I love. What, the blood from the, the blood from yeah, the wall the from the is wall. amazing. What a clever, clever idea. And that noise, the horrible noise that accompanies the... Uh... And this is the thing, in this film, it it works, I think, that they walk slowly and they appear and they yeah. come... But in the later films, it becomes a bit goofy no. because they're just a bit like, well, they walk down here and then they... But can they appear everywhere? Can they not? Yeah, it's a bit, it gets a bit muddy. I think in this film, it just about is all right. Yeah. It's not quite clear how she knows that she can send them back, but well, she's just she's just desperately trying anything, isn't she? Yeah, I think Doug Bradley was on the end of a, a plank for that <laughs> shot, apparently, and they lifted. Are up they like a in. seesaw? Yeah, we have such sides to show you. I mean, just such a brilliant line. Yeah, but I didn't say earlier on that the scene in the hospital. Almost every line is a f- famous classic quote from the yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and that's it. He's gone. That's it. Re-edited for the second one, wasn't it? As we mentioned, he yeah. was the first. Yep, in the little. He was the first to go, but the mini. And they were like, "Wait, he's the most popular one." Exactly. The recap at the beginning of Hellbound. He's the last one to go. Oh, there she. Goes. But I think it shows how um, I, I I really don't believe that Clive Barker really understood. How, what an enduring image Pinhead would become. No, he didn't. He didn't at the time. And he just he's, kind of saw him as one of the that. guys, one of the Cenobites. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Here he is. Idiots arrived. Hooray! And Clive Barker said he really wanted to trash this house and destroy it, but obviously he couldn't because it was someone's house. It was an actual house. They'd rented. So they just dropped some dust on people's heads. Oh, I love this. This is great. This was the kind of compromise, wasn't it, to 
having him in a wedding dress. Yeah, or, that was originally. Yeah, I mean, I loved it when... But that um, shot, they filmed it, they filmed a veil falling onto his head and then played it in reverse. And Robin Vidgen said, there's no way you can get that, it's never going to work. And they tried it, and it, the first take, it fell perfectly on his head. <laughs> and he said, you lucky bastard. <laughs> I love the reveal, the reveal of Bubbles' uh, sewed up eyes. And that's him. Brilliant. Crushed. Brilliant. Ready for Butterball and Co. In the end of our Cenobite Chums. <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's it. You, you, you take charge, Steve. Oh. And, you know, something else has happened with the box there. So she's like, wait, no, wait. Oh, God, what's it? Oh, it's all right. Classic, classic horror film. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Everything's okay. Oh. Oh. No! Rubbery hands of doom. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. But she's determined to get rid of him. She's, she's not going to get away from about. me. <laughs> Milk bottle in the face. Punched away. But just ah, oh, if I just saw that in this film that this scene yeah. was going to happen, I'd be like, there needs to be a lot of stuff going on with the hands. We need to think of a way mm. to do the hands a bit better. Well, they didn't have much money. They didn't have much time either. No. I love this bit where Steve tries to help and she bats him away. Yeah, yeah. I think you can see some. She's like, do you mind? Some genuine anger in there. Yeah. That bit. That's <laughs> great. Mm. And they didn't even put in a sound effect, like a douche. Douche, yeah. So she really punches him. No, it's really good. Well, this is it. This is Kirsty's moment. You know, it's her moment to shine. And she's like, I've, I've got rid of all the others. Thanks. She did it. I do not need your help. She's got rid of everyone. And the great um, hand-drawn kind of animation that yeah. Clive Barker did with this... With the Greek... Greek, Greek man. Guy, <laughs> they got and they got drunk on beer. I love it. Oh, it's lovely stuff. Very good. I mean, that's probably one of the most dated things. Well, the now. hand animation. Yeah, it is. It but is. it still looks good. But I it does. It's fine. It does set it in its period. It does set it. In, yeah. You know. Is it over? Is it? Is it? This is the interesting bit that a lot of people have. Yeah. Where people think the house mm. destroys itself, and they're in the ruins of the house. It, yeah. And you know what's really funny? In the commentary on the DVD. The Clive Barker, Ashley Lawrence, and Pete Atkins commentary. Mm. They get to this point, and Clive Barker's like, "So is this supposed to be the house?" Or, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you should know." <laughs> and oh, Lawrence, I love this bit! I've got yeah. to mention this bit. It comes out of his heart. The fire comes through his heart first. The smoke comes ah, through his heart. I've never noticed that before. How funny! And I was like, "That is pure accident," but it comes but out of his perfect. heart and burns the rest away. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, a lot of people think that it's, this is the ruins of the it's house. There's a chair there. Yeah. A burning chair. Yeah, but why is, there'll be loads of other furniture though, wouldn't there as well? No, but I mean, that because it's such an unusual piece of yeah. set dressing, people are like, oh, are you but telling us that in that's the, the in house? The script, it just said, wasteland. It yeah. didn't say the ruins of the house. Because if you look at the editing, it, it's gone from house door closes, burning photograph, yeah. Then burning they're in a place chair. with burning chair. Yeah. You know, you you think, okay, house burn. Look at that shirt. <laughs> Clive Barker said he got that shirt and wore it for years afterwards. <laughs> he's a he's a brave man, this Clive Barker. <laughs> and then here we've got the big reveal of the hobo. This is, to be fair, 
the only other moment that would make some audiences laugh nowadays. Well, I like it. And I think there was someone in the cinema we saw that laughed. I like it. But hey, I mean, that's freaky, this this all, this stuff here. But then when you see the, the dragon... But this is a, this is a classic but Clive maybe, Barker thing. Maybe people are laughing because it's so unexpected. Yeah, like, it is. What it the is. fuck yeah. is that? I, I don't think they're laughing, because you only see it for like three seconds, so I don't think they're mm. going, well, that looks rubbish. I think they're going, oh my God, what? He turned into yeah, like a massive bone dragon? <laughs> and then the dead bugs on the side is perfect. It's so cool. I love it. And it just just a circular a narrative. And the picture on the wall of yeah. the bone dragon. You know be. it's there, yeah. Now you've seen it. And it's about to start all over again. And it ends. Perfect. What an amazing film. One thing I want to say, which you noticed, the other day, as you'll know if you listen to episode 24, we saw the night breed, the cabal cut, and there's a policeman character in it who is hardly featured in the actual theatrical release, but he's got a lot more to do in the, the cabal cut. And he was talking at one point, and Phil leaned over to me and said, is that Frank's voice? <laughs> and I listened, and we're pretty sure it is. It is. The actor, I don't know his name, I can't find anything online that says who did Frank's voice in this film. Everyone says it's Sean Chapman, and it's not. It's not. It's this guy from Nightbreed. And we think it's this guy who's in Nightbreed, and I I apologise to listeners, but I don't actually know his name at the moment. I need to find this out. But he's got a few more lines in the Cabal cut, and it's really Frank. So good. If anybody has any info, yeah, let us know. Let us know because we are. Because I can't remember his character's name in Nightbreed, and as I said, he's hardly in the theatrical release. But um, but he was really good in it, and it was like. Oh my god, that's that what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. what do you think about that then, Peter? Well, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this. I think this is one of, if not the best horror film ever made. I just think it's perfect. It's just so good. It's so subtle and mm. loaded with just intelligence. Every bit of it has been thought out. Yeah. Very clever. You know. Ah. Just it, it really is the opposite of a lot of stuff that's going on these days. Yeah, and people often say that it's it's low budget films that mean you have to have the creativity to to get the best work out of it. And mm. if you get loads of money thrown at a film, often you just give the money to someone who will do a an all right job, but not amazingly well. And if you if you haven't got the money, you have to. Well, like I said earlier on, you've got to solve problems yeah, you find using the creativity. Solutions. And I've, I mean, I've, I've made people watch this film, a lot of people, and I don't think <laughs> it's anybody's, yeah, I don't think, I haven't really had anybody who said they didn't like it. Um, mm. People have been a bit like, oh, you know, they've been surprised by how different it is to the kind of horror films of oh, today. God, well, people who who don't haven't seen the film, they think of Hellraiser, they just see Pinhead's face, and they have no idea what it's about. Well, they think all. it's like a slasher film, which yeah. is what they kind of wanted it yeah. to be in the end. But I spoke to a few people recently who have only ever seen the third one. Yeah, <laughs> and then that well, really... a lot of people have only seen the third one, and that really doesn't give you 
the best. But this film, I mean, people have this image. Maybe if they saw it years ago, they think, oh, it was, it was really violent and it was crazy and it was all this kind of stuff. And you, and you watch it and you're like, no, it wasn't. It's actually mostly, as we said, a family drama. It's a relationship film with some scenes of extreme, bizarre horror. Yeah. And that's it. And now it's back to the menu. So I, I guess you've stopped watching yours as well. That was good, wasn't it? That was amazing. Yeah. Thanks Fine. for joining us with the film. Yeah. That was lovely. That was that was nice fun. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We've we've hoped you've enjoyed it. We've had a nice time watching the film. Oh, we had a lovely with time. you, lovely listeners, watching it with us. Yeah. Um, our next podcast is going to be the second half of our 25th anniversary special. It's going to come out on the 18th of September, which was the USA release. And in that one, we'll have a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff of our trip up to Dollis Hill. Yeah. 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 Which, as we're recording this, we're doing in two days' time. Yeah. As you're listening, we will have already done it. Stop it! <laughs> Sorry. Stop it with the time travel. <laughs> so we're going to tell you all about our time-travelling trip to North London. And, uh, and that... That might be it for that one. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Something, else, something else as well. Mm. And then after that, we're going to crack back into our episodes and see what comes up. Yeah. So, thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, then please go on our Facebook page. We've got a Twitter account, at HellraiserCast. If you want to email us, it's HellraiserPodcast at Hotmail.co.uk. Please just get in touch. We really want to know what you think. If you, yeah, yeah. No one knows the name of that guy, the actor, <laughs> who plays, who's Frank's voice, and he's in Nightbreed. Let us know. Let us know, and please, yeah, please give us your feedback, and please spread the podcast around to anybody that you think might want to listen to it, because it yeah. really helps us keep it going to know that you guys are out there wanting us to keep doing it. Yeah, and if you enjoy the podcast, you know, go on iTunes, leave us a review on there, that'd be great, leave us a five-star review, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, we'll we'll keep doing it as long as people want to listen to it, we'll keep doing it. So, thank you so much, everyone. And, uh, yeah, 25 years. Let us all have a moment of celebration yeah. of 25 years. And, and... Ne- this time next year, around this time, we'll do a special 20th anniversary of Hellbound podcast. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all very much. We'll speak to you all soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.